Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. This is... So welcome to this week's podcast. I've spent... I don't know how many days looking at the research and asking the question, the impact of miticides when we treat for mites, what does it actually do to the honeybees? We know it's supposed to kill the mites and that's why we use them. And and just to start off, when I started probably six, seven years ago, learning about beekeeping again, I used all the stuff out there. I tried uh, formic pro or formic acid, sorry. I didn't try oxalic acid, but I did use thymol. And the last uh, group that I used, I think I've talked about many times, is the hops version, a recent version of a sort of a real stinky liquidy, dark liquidy that comes in strips. And I subsequently killed some of my queens because some of that drip got on the queens. So I thought, well, after last time looking at livestock beekeeping where I think oxalic acid fogging was immediately followed by pesticide strips before the hives were put away for the winter, I wanted to look at the research and peer-reviewed literature. Now, if any of you are into the whole literature thing, you, you know what I mean by peer-reviewed, but let me just explain it again. Peer-reviewed literature is literature where research sorry is where people have done studies and others have looked at their studies in the form of statistics you know how sound is the research did they go beyond their data and so on and and then only if they meet sort of those rigorous type of um, guidelines are they published and that's why often you'll hear the term um, peer-reviewed research now we learned during uh, COVID and some other times that, that there seem to be there's a real discrepancy between who gets published based on the popularity of the author. So it's easier for someone who's developed a history of publishing to get published, uh, especially if there's different types of uh, sponsors. And most of the research is sponsored. Back in the day when I looked at attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and I reviewed articles on medication, a significant number of them were sponsored by the pharmaceutical industry. Now, when it comes to the use of miticides uh, to help uh, fight mites, you'll find a variety of sponsors in these studies. But I I don't want to bore you with all this stuff. Just, Just to say, I looked at the research in a number of areas. Now, there is a science or a body of literature on the impact of miticides on everything from DNA in honeybees, what happens to their genetic makeup, what happens to their behavior, the um, uh, fertility of drones, the sperm count and the dead sperm and so on, the uh, ability of the bees to geolocate and come back to the hive. Um, A great deal of research is being done on the um, development of the new bees in the uncapped and capped broods and a whole host of other uh, research endeavors. And when I look at all this peer-reviewed literature and try to come to grips with it, it appears that in the majority of cases, 
regardless of what type of treatment was used, whether it would be a what I would call more organically accepted high concentration um, uh, product such as thymol or uh, you know formic acid or oxalic acid, and then you get into the more serious pesticides. All of them have side effects to honeybees, many of which are not evident initially. So when you treat your bees, as we all did, and, and when I was treating them, it was usually sometime in July. Um, it was, uh, you know, other than the behavior, and you would see them all cluster outside with formic. The other issue with some of these med, uh, med treatments, it has to do with the temperature, and you really can't predict the temperature. So if you're treating them in July to, to knock back the mites, you may see a cold front coming in so that it's going to be sub 30 degrees Celsius. But in fact, you know, some weird weather pattern comes in, it's 38 degrees. You're going to have some significant damage to your bees, which may include killing queens. They stop laying for quite a while and you could get into a whole host of other problems. I did that once when I misread the weather reports. I remember I really was confused because you know, the, the bees bearding after you um, treat them with some of this stuff seems normal, but it's also during the summer, so you don't know if you've sort of misjudged things and they're just out there because it's too warm in the hive. But it's clear that introducing high concentrations of stuff, we'll just call it stuff, designed to impact mites, has a negative impact on honeybees. Now we also don't, now remember, it's like a, what I've learned very much in my uh, appreciation of the origin of species with Charles Darwin is that it just takes a little bit of a push for a species or a strain to change. It doesn't have to be, you know, this past summer we saw um, our bees impacted by pesticides where one of my hives had thousands of dead bees on the front. And that, that actually recovered, and that's, that's an interesting hive we're going to follow from a, a standpoint of survival of pesticides. But most of the time, you know, you're not going to get the kind of response I had when I, you know, dribbled uh, that one uh, mitocide on my hive, and it looks like I killed the queens, you could tell pretty quickly. Or um, most of the things you're going to see may be generational may actually even be years away, a year or two. Like maybe you have a strong hive, you treat them, everything looks great. We really don't know. But we do know from the science, and these are the peer refereed journal articles that I reviewed. And, and I'll give you an example. If you want to have a look at one, here's one called The Effect of Mitocides Amitraz on Reproduction and Productivity of Honeybee. Now, this is a uh, South Korean study that was published in the Bee Journal in 2021, I believe. Yeah, 2021. And so it was March 30th, 2021. And the, they, they conclude by saying the external treatment while it has a positive effect on actually the pest control, it harms reproductivity, honey production, and probably can reduce learning and memory, gustation and olfaction of honeybees. So when you put all that together, you say, 
Why are we doing this? The most important finding, and this article, by the way, was published in this journal, Referee Journal, and it was not funded by any organization, but they do talk about creating the best solution with mite treatment is to create strains that take care of it themselves. So the bees develop resistance in their own ways. The problem we have is when we treat bees, we stop the bees from developing resistance. So it's almost like the more success you have in treating mites with pesticides or the high concentrations of organic materials, you feel good about it because you think, okay, I knocked my mites back and I've gone back from whatever to whatever if you're doing the whole. And I have a problem with the mite wash thing too, by the way. You're killing 100 bees to wash them in alcohol to see what mites are there. Why don't you just have a look or does it really matter? Because survival is everything. And we know from the Sealy work and also some of the work on the Africanized bees around the world that bees who tolerate and survive mites have some all the time. It's not, they're not um, immune from varroa mites, but what they are is that the varroa mites are not causing a significant issue for the bees because they've learned to manage them and keep them under control. But just having mites doesn't mean that you have a sick hive, for example. But I think if you're treating them all the time, it may, because those mites may in fact be super mites or a strain of mites that can be somewhat resistant, and we know that's already out there. So to make a long story short, when I looked at all of this research, all of the peer-reviewed articles, remember peer review is considered the top standard. In other words, you can believe it, although we know there's some problems sometimes with it. It just from a common sense perspective, when you dump all that stuff in a hive, it's highly balanced. You know, we, we, we read about research on what happens to the hive just when we open it, because there's a balance in the air of the sense and the temperature and the humidity. So we open up a lid and all of a sudden, all of that air and all of that smell is gone. It's almost like, um, you know, you walk into a house that's got fresh bread just made and it's just, I mean, okay, this is different, but you know, I think you, you get it. And then the roof is taken off and, or, the, or an air is blasted through and all of a sudden the smell's gone and, and it takes a while for that to come back. I don't know how long it takes for that to come back in a hive, but that's just one example of a simple procedure we all do. You've, you've watched me uh, open a number of hives to do splits and look at them occasionally and so on. So back to the, the point in question. I would suggest to you, if you're asking me today what I think after looking at all this data, I see absolutely no reason to treat bees for mites. I just don't. I mean, if you want to, go ahead. But I think do it with eyes wide open. No, it's going to do a couple of things. It's probably going to give you, hopefully, if that's your purpose, sort of an a relief for a while and you'll be able to continue with honey production or whatever your business may be. Uh, it'll seem that your bees are, are healthier because there'll be more of them. The problem is that without you always being there, the bees will not survive. So without you constantly treating them or feeding them, if you're doing, that's a separate podcast we're going to do, but if you're not constantly treating them, um, they're going to die. I don't know what's going to happen to our hives, and I'll give you a quick outline of where we're at. So we're going into the winter with, at this recording, 45 hives. 
Um, we have one-year, two-year, and three-year-old hives, none of which have, who have been treated for two years. Uh, this is a tough winter. We have um, four hives left from the original starting 11 that have not been treated for two years, and they're going into their third winter. But please remember, these are, these are boxes that have bees in them, but the bees in them, they've swarmed, they've done all kinds of things. They may have been even taken over by a hive. So all I can tell you is I have four boxes, and those boxes have been around for three years, and they're going into their third winter. Uh, they've all been split many times. So we have one-year splits, two-year splits, and the, uh, the strain, if you will, of bees include... Um, we have uh, the Buckfest, uh, cannoli, I almost said cannoli, <laughs> Carnies uh, combo. Those are the original four. And then we have Saskatraz, what I call um, Zavitz uh, from near Guelph. And then we have pure Carnies that we brought in uh, combined with that. So we have like four different, uh, if you will, strains or, or, or groups of bees, genetics that came in, all different to be able to interact and create what we have now. And I have no idea. I expect a very difficult winter. I'm hoping for 15 hives out of the winter, uh, maybe more or less, and then we will split the survivors again and continue with the project. So just to summarize, it's really your call. I, I, I know if you're a livestock beekeeper, you're going to be treating two, sometimes three times a year, whatever works. I have nothing against that. I just, I'm just pointing out that the science seems to say that when we treat our bees for mites with anything that's on the market today, there are short-term and long-term side effects. I'm Hank for the Wildfire Bee Farm. Look forward to talking again soon. To learn more about how honeybees can help you in your investing and personal life, go to investlikeahoneybee.com. There you'll learn how listening to the honeybees helped us in so many ways and can help you. Invest like a honeybee.com.